going on everybody this is will i'm back with willie and john and we got a very special guest this time around my good friend that i met at san diego comic-con two years ago chris so everybody say hello what's good boss man chris hey Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going well over here. Yeah, so, yeah, we we back again with another episode. Um, Hope everybody's been doing well. If y'all have been listening, our subscriber base has slowly been growing. We are now, uh, we have audiences in Australia still, Ireland, and primarily in the U.S., but... I just always want to shout out the people overseas that listen to us for whatever reason. We definitely appreciate you. Word up. Oh. <laughs> and everyone who listens on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all those platforms and people are steadily catching on. So we definitely appreciate it. Um, for this episode here, we're just probably going to be talking about a lot of geek stuff, probably a lot of rants and stuff, but y'all know how we do. So basically... Uh, the primary discussion is going to be uh, our thoughts on Comic-Con at home. We're also going to talk about a little movie that was very underappreciated um, 10 years ago, Scott Pilgrim. And then we'll probably end it by talking a little bit about what happened at the Xbox uh, event last week. So, I will just open the floor to whatever y'all want to talk about first. <laughs> uh, we can talk about Xbox. Let's talk about Xbox first. I bet. Okay. You want to set it off? Yeah, yeah, I'll set it off. Bet. So I kind of had high expectations for this um, because I've been looking forward to this, the uh, the reveal, gameplay reveal for about a month uh, when they actually announced it. Um, But, of course, they had to set the tone with Halo, you know. Um, uh, I was, I was, I was... I don't know. I was kind of, kind of iffy about it at first, but it looks pretty good. Um, what I've been looking at now, the other games that they revealed, I am not a fan of. Like, I just don't. I, I didn't care that much for them. Like, I completely skipped most of those uh, reveals at least a good five times. And I was like, all right, <laughs> y'all don't have anything else for me. I'm done. That's it. But for Halo, um, Halo, it's, it's nice to see Halo come back. Um, like, I don't know where they're going to go with the storyline. It looks like he's coming back, um, I guess, after they lost the war or whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, not too thoroughly impressed by the Xbox gameplay reveal. Uh, same, I can agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, same here as uh, as John. I was a little disappointed. I'm a PlayStation guy. No bias yep. though. No bias. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, Halo was the only thing that really excited me, and that was one of the two exclusives that Xbox has that I'm always um, envious that I can't play anymore. Halo and Gears of War. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm definitely interested in Halo. I probably, it looks really good. I love the new graphics and where they're taking the story. I don't know if that's Master Chief. I think it is Master Chief. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, if they can capture the magic of Halo 3, um, that would be a good thing for me just because Halo 3 was just magical. Like, I spent a lot of time in college, nearly failed college because of that game. Been <laughs> um, <laughs> there. <laughs> late nights playing online uh, against people over Xbox Live, you know. And then the campaign where, you know, you got attached to Cortana and you know <laughs> so and the alien it was, it was just a really cool game really cool concept um and it didn't it just went off the rails a couple of years later and i just kind of lost interest because it tried to be like call of duty mm-hmm. and so you know especially with halo 4 it really tried to be like call of duty and i was oh, like yeah. this isn't halo so you know i kind of shifted and just went to playstation and just never went back but I can't say that I'm gonna buy an Xbox just for Halo though, just because you know I don't I don't have the money like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean Microsoft is trying. It's not a it wasn't a complete fail like their 2013 Xbox One reveal. Um, so I give them props for there, and they look like they're buying new studios to produce new games and new exclusives. So I'm interested, and I'll keep my eyes open. But for now. I'll probably just stick with my Switch and go with the PS5. Mm-hmm. Valid, valid. For me, all right, so Joe Button's therapist says to always start with the good. So my highlights for me personally, like, <laughs> y'all y'all know I'm a Sony soldier, so of course I have my bias. But at the end of the day, I'm a gamer, so I love all games through and through. Right. But it's basically the one title that caught my eye was Obviously Halo, but I'll get to that later. But the medium, I think that's what the title is called. It has this dual reality gimmick that was so, kind of sort of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you, you you play both like different realms at the, simultaneously. Right. So it's like a light realm and a dark realm. It's like a split screen on your TV and you're playing both sides at the mm-hmm. same time. I personally have never played something like that. I know of games that deal with different dimensions or like if you do something in the past, it affects your future or like different dimensions like couple Zelda titles come up to mind um Prince of Persia reminds me of that like little things like that and even like Twilight Princess in sort of a way with different dimensions but like so that little gimmicky game like the medium it looked cool but would I cop it personally not but it was definitely a gimmick that caught my eye when it comes to like the Xbox series showcase and Psychonauts 2 I know is a huge cult following behind that but behind the first Psychonauts game personally I never played it but I've seen the hype. I've seen some gameplay. I've seen why there's a huge following behind it. So I know the sequel's going to get garner a lot of attention. Fable 4 is also another thing that I know everybody was like, while everybody was losing hope during the whole showcase, they saved that for the end. It was like, wow, of course, I wanted like a Banjo-Kazooie type <laughs> of teaser. It's like, Fable's cool too. Like, once again, it's, <laughs> it's another game I haven't played. But I know it's like, when I think of Xbox, it's like, oh, Fable. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a classic. I can see people getting dumb for that too. One more thing, um, the gunk. It really, if... If we're being honest, it looks smack like Mario Sunshine. And that's the only reason, like, it's on my list right now. Like, if you were, like, YouTube the Gunk trailer, all it's doing is giving me, like, Super Mario Sunshine vibes. Like, cleaning up a mess. It looks like you have this little vacuum slash, slash cleaner on your back. And you just, like, clean up different gunk. And I was like, oh, I always want a sequel to Super Mario Sunshine. I was like, guess this is the closest thing I'm going to get to it. If I were to cop an Xbox. So that's another thing that caught mine. Last but not least, Halo Infinite looks visually pleasing, which, of course, we knew that from the gate. But all in all, like, 
I got to agree with John and Will. Like, it was underwhelming. And I didn't really see anything that would warrant me to actually cop a Xbox for that price. Like, if you might have showed me a, a Conquer Return or Banjo-Kazooie, like a rare IP, something in that fashion, I might have a lot of more nice things to say about it. But I didn't really see anything captivating. But they did their thing. Like, I feel like Xbox is at this state where there's, like, I've seen different headlines where it seems like they're out of the console race now or something like that. So yeah. it just seems like, yeah, like it seems like, I don't want to say they don't care, but I feel like they're not as competitive as they used right. to be. And from the titles they're showing, it's kind of, it's kind of <clears throat> telling. You know what I'm saying? It's like, of course they got Halo. Of course they have a bunch of monster IPs that they could use, but at the same time, Banjo Kazooie's not a flagship title anymore. Right? Of course, back in our day, it's like Banjo Kazooie Super Smash Brothers. You could put that on anything, mm-hmm. stuff, but. We're in 2020, I mean, that's a different generation if you think yeah. about it. Like, if Badly's We Want Conquer, Banjo, Perfect Dark, things like that, that's a different generation. You ask these kids, they're going to be like, what? Why do I want a cursing squirrel? Why do I want a bear and a bird? You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're going to be like, do they have a gun? It's like, that sounds stupid to me. It's like, and when I thought about that, I was like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Of course, they're not going to, like, cater to the old people like us. It's like they got to cater to the new audience because at the end of the day, it's a business. Right. But yeah, all right. in all, I'm going to get that PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, in summary, I'm going to get that PlayStation 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, I know you said you aren't really. Are you a gamer by any chance? Or Yeah, I've got all the systems right now. Um, I missed the Xbox thing, though, so I don't have much to say about it, but I kind of got to agree. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation dude. I'm a Sony dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm like playing Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. So when they come out with, hey. with the next gen, that's going to work on the next gen, apparently. So I'll be getting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Uh, not to go too off topic, have you played Last of Us 2 yet? No, I, I haven't gotten the chance yet. <laughs> okay, I was just saying, prepare Man, yourself. I haven't replayed that game. I still have PTSD from the first playthrough. <laughs> you can't. You got to give me a trigger warning before you say in that title, man. I'm about to break down in tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game is a experience. Just like, it's... Ooh. Like... <laughs> I gotta try that out. Yeah, those are high remarks. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say, if you haven't played the first one, it'll definitely hit resonate more. Play the first one and then jump into two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just both of those are incredible games. Like they are probably my top ten uh, greatest games of all time. Oh wow. Okay. So we're we're really talking about really good games. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's rare for a game to make me forget that they aren't real people and to like kind of like get a little misty eyed over mm-hmm. a certain character, you mm-hmm. know. So you know that's that's why it's in my top ten. Like I believe it's the Last West series and then Metal Gear, like the only two series where I cared enough about the characters where I got like misty eyed over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> valid. So, um, yeah. So high praise. So definitely, whenever you get a chance, play those. Um, yeah, yeah. So we can um, shift gears. Um, we'll do Comic Con last, but I just kind of go want to go back to Scott Pilgrim because I'm looking at it on my computer. 
Um, hey. And it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's been ten years since that movie came out, and we were talking about this before we started recording um, to all the listeners out there. And it's just one of those movies that I've slowly converted a lot of people to because it's just heavily video game inspired. And I just love the story, the characters, the humor, the music. And it didn't do well. And I just got mad because I think I was telling y'all it was only like me and four of the people in the theater opening night yeah. when it came out. And it was just kind of like this soul crushing thing because I was just so excited for it. But um, it's just... uh. I, I can't recommend that movie enough. Like the, we were talking about the reunion the cast did over Zoom. So if you haven't seen that, definitely do yourself a favor and watch that because it's mm. just um, this is Jim. Amazing. Yeah. What are y'all? Uh, I think we can kind of talk about how we got into it or what our thoughts are. Um, for me, um, I really didn't know anything about Scott Pilgrim until actually Willie actually got me hip to it. Um. Was it the game that we played first, or was it the actual movie that we saw first? No, it was a it was the movie first. He got me hit to the yeah. movie first, and then he told me about the game, and I was like, "There's a game to this." <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Did, what did it come out? Um, it came out when we were in uh, UMW. Yeah, yeah, we all that was out when we were in college freshman year. At that that's the crazy yeah. part. Yeah, and that was that was the most fun I think I've ever had with a beat up beat 'em up game ever. Um, but as far as the movie goes, bruh, like, like Willie said in the beginning, uh, I could literally watch that movie over and over and over again. Like, I do not get tired of that movie. I think I watched that movie already a good 15 times and I watched it two nights in a row this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what gets me so hype about it is of course the all-star cast, um, the big, um, you know the references the video game references and like you said the, the humor and everything and just the storytelling like i feel like edgar wright is such a boss in that aspect because he just knows how to direct the film um as you can see i don't know if you guys ever seen baby driver um yeah but yeah. the way that he synchronizes all of his scenes with like the music or, you know, the special effects or whatever, it's just perfect across the board, you know? Mm. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why Scott Program is so great in my, in my eye. Um, but yeah, looking at watching the panel, uh, I just finished it today, but watching the panel, uh, it brought back a lot of nostalgic vibes, like seeing everybody 10 years later um minus a couple of people like brie larson um it's just seeing them they all look the same like nothing's changed about them and um they actually did the whole dialogue thing uh with the script and that's dope yeah like they were actually in <laughs> character like knives like she was going full-blown like the full-blown <laughs> knife, bro. i'm not even kidding and chris hemsworth when he did lucas lee like he did the whole eyebrow thing I'm just like, just throw throw a jacket on him, a little greaser jacket, and he's just Lucas Lee, like straight up, like right there. You talking about no, Chris, yeah, Evans? Chris Evans, Chris Evans, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, man, like just overall, like I really am thoroughly enjoyed everything Scott Pilgrim um, based. Uh, I feel like I need to read the the, the actual comic because I haven't read the comic yet. But um, I'm definitely gonna dive into that. And also, um, the other comic by um, Brian O'Malley is called Worst World. Yeah, Worst World. So I'm gonna get hit to that too. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna just get that to y'all. <laughs> That's another yeah. on that. <laughs> For me personally, I was basically the same way. I learned. How did I get hit? You know what? I forgot a step of how I got hit to Scott Pilgrim earlier because when it was in theaters or when it was coming out, mm-hmm. I believe Adult Swim also had some sort of promo episodes for it. They did. Yeah, they had like a couple little five-minute shorts. Mm-hmm. It was like a pre, yeah, it was like a prequel to the comic, to the movie. It was yeah. a weird bridge because the movie, because the movie was basically its own adaptation of the comics, like every other like comic book movie you see. But it right. had, it, yeah, it, it was heavily based on the comic, but it had its own elements, which was amazing to me. But I think the Adult Swim took that equation and like made their own little spinoffs with it, with the actual voice actors. I, I believe they had on. Um, What's the name of his actual Scott? Michael Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. I believe they had him voice over for his actual character, which is pretty dope. So I remember seeing those. And then I remember watching the movie, of course, for free online. I think it was, what was it at the time? One, two, three movies or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, like, okay, this is dope. The buffering sucks. But when it's not, (laughs) when it's not pausing randomly, this movie is actually pretty amazing. So I went and bought the Blu-ray afterwards. This is long afterwards. I got the game because I hear, heard about that a day after the movie came out. Or whichever the timeline for that was. I love beat-em-ups. Had to play that all the way through. Of course, I played it with all my homies, JoJo, Shannon, all the kids in college and high school. Loved it. Heard about the comic book, read through it. Loved everything about the story, the characters. It's like every iteration of Scott Pilgrim is just amazing. <laughs> and it's just every different iteration is like a whole a different place in my heart for and I just everything about the story everything about the characters it just breathes pop culture hipster geek culture you feel me right. like it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like if if our lives were a video game I that feel like it. it would look like Scott Pilgrim exactly mm-hmm. that'd be it. <laughs> that's better and that's right <laughs> yeah and I feel like that's one of the main reasons why it just holds so dear to my heart because it's basically just like a bunch of geeks on their own band living in their own video game and the, which they call life right. and i was like wow and to piggyback off of what jojo was saying i'm not not trying to be long-winded at all i know it was with that last one <laughs> yeah. but like edgar wright's cinematography is just on point it's it's just the way it's like his sound effects match with whatever's going on on screen it's just it's beautiful man <laughs> it's beautiful yeah. and it makes it just captivates you you just they're sitting in awe like baby driver just every beat every movement is on point scott pilgrim those dynamic zooms like you know you see an edgar wright movie you know a dynamic zoom it's right. like okay Shaun of the dead uh, scott pilgrim baby drive there's gonna be a zoom somewhere mm-hmm. like if you have a drinking a drinking game with his zooms you're probably gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i can't i can't believe it's already been 10 years man like yeah that's crazy yeah. that's amazing but He's the 10 more years of Scott Pilgrim, yo, and I'm excited for that new comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Well, um, I haven't looked back at Scott Pilgrim for probably like five years now. 
Um, and I, I do remember that the music was a big driving force. And I feel like that's probably a big part of why it felt like it was a video game. Mm -hmm. Because video video games, you know, the music is such a, an important driving force uh, for pretty much all video games. And like you said, they matched the music so perfectly. Not just scene for scene, but like shot for shot. And I felt that that is really what plunged you into their game world, you know, their game world called life, as you just said. Um, uh, and so, I don't know, I agree. If, if we all were in a video game, you know, and they were just telling the story of our lives, it would be exactly like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I heard that back in 2010, uh, they actually release Scott Pilgrim the movie like a couple of months before at San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know. Did you hear anything about that, Chris, back then? Or Honestly, no. I, I think I said this just before we started recording, but I came to Scott Pilgrim like really late, years late. Probably like oh, okay. three to five years late. And I watched it all by my lonesome. <laughs> and they're like, what is going on? This is crazy. And uh, I totally missed the hype at the beginning. Although apparently there wasn't much hype if there were only four people in the movie theater, which is so sad for such a well-developed right? movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was. Um, but yeah, like everybody else, I came into it maybe like a month before the movie actually came out is when I really kind of immersed myself into the Scott Pilgrim world. Um, and at the time, I was pretty much, you know, finishing up college when it came out in 2010 is when I graduated mm -hmm. from college. So I was right around the same age as Scott Pilgrim, like 23, something like that. So, and like the comics was kind of like mirroring my life a little bit. So, at the time, uh, so <laughs> it really hit on many different levels um, for me when I saw the movie. And then, like y'all said, I think I played the game right after I saw the movie. And then I kind of read a summary of what the graphic novel novel was because I heard it was actually being written the same time the movie was in production. So like God. the finale. So that's why the comic is different from the movie in a lot of different ways. Um, and they cut a lot of stuff too. Like when I read and found out some of the stuff about it, like they omitted a lot of stuff out of the movie. So I'm like, hmm. That's typical. I would definitely, yeah. I would love to see like a sequel or you know a director's cut for that but Where, where's that Snyder <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that, that panel that they did uh, I think it was last week just reminded me how awesome that movie was and uh, why I still listen to the music on my iPhone to this day so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I highly recommend it listeners if you haven't gotten into Scott Pilgrim and you love video games and and all that stuff highly recommend it and for me this is kind of a, a local thing we live in virginia so it's like near virginia beach and this place called norfolk which is very <laughs> hipster and it's pretty much scott pilgrim in real life <laughs> yeah it's like the bars are basically the stuff that you see in scott pilgrim rockers hipsters all that stuff you'll see it so <laughs> exactly tight pants and flannels all day <laughs> <laughs> That's like yeah. old San Diego, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are you wearing flannels in the summer? Yeah. Shoe <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So now we'll talk about the big thing. 
San Diego Comic Con and the lack of it this year, which sucks because of the global <laughs> pandemic. Um, so, I mean, I dig it. Comic Con at home, this was the, you know, it gave everybody an opportunity to kind of experience a little bit of what San Diego Comic Con is. Um, I got my first taste of it, like I said, two years ago, where I met Chris and side story we kind of met in a very funny way we met at a sci-fi party in a children's museum at one Friday night. so it was harry uh, potter themed that was a really good night from, from the small amount of parts that i can remember yeah <laughs> yeah we were um you know that that was a little hazy too because like it was pretzels being passed around and like beer it was like partying and harry potter and I was talking to a whole bunch of people, but Chris really stuck out. Like, we talked for, like, I know at least from what I can remember, like, 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah, sounds um, about right. Yeah, so it was just a random encounter, and, like, we just kind of stayed in touch ever since then. Um, but, you know, prior to that, San Diego Comic-Con was just a, a bucket list thing for me. Like, it took me eight years to get a ticket to go. <laughs> eight years. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when I got to go, I had a blast. Um, I was there Friday. I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But I didn't have a bad badge for Sunday, so I was just kind of wandering around San Diego. Um, before <laughs> I left. <laughs> <laughs> but the panels that I saw and the people that I met, it was just incredible. Um, so uh, this year was a little bit different, like we said. So what are y'all thoughts on some of the panels that y'all watched, um, some of the news that came out? Um, and since you're local, Chris, we'll let, we'll start with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, first off, I wanted to say uh, uh, I kind of get to go to Comic-Con every year because my mom used to work in the industry. And so I'm, I'm really lucky in that respect. And it's cool to, to meet people while I'm there. But out of all the people I've ever met there, I think you're the only person I've ever had the opportunity to like keep in touch with. So that was a really kind of like special connection, you know, in, in a yeah. super random place in super random way. So I'm pretty grateful for that. And uh, and now I'm on your podcast. Which is yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, and so as far as like Comic-Con at home, you know, I thought that like you said because of the pandemic it's so cool that at least something happened and people from all over the world got to see a little tiny taste of what comic-con is like and it, it really is a small taste because it's only one uh the panels are only one small aspect of what comic-con is all about um it's more about like shoving into nerds that smell like they haven't showered in five weeks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like watching famous people walk really far away but saying like i saw you know chris evans <laughs> um but comic-con at home i thought was really cool because everybody got to join and it's so hard to get into comic-con um so it's really great that people like the people that I played Dungeons and Dragons with, some of them were watching the panels and I was like comparing notes with them and asking what they were seeing. And that was really cool. And I don't think they would have gotten to go if it weren't for that. And uh, I, I think I watched somewhere between 10 and 15 panels and I, I missed a few that I wanted to see, but I think they're still on YouTube. So I think we can still go and check them out again. But of the ones that I saw, by far my favorite one was The Boys season two. I don't know about you oh, yeah. Yo. Yeah. that was so sick i when i saw that it was gonna be there 
I was very stoked to be able to see that. And then when I actually watched it, that scene that they showed, I oh. literally jumped up and down like a little kid. <laughs> it was so great. Oh, man. Yeah. And they, they managed to fit so many people in that panel. And I thought it was just going to be like, you know, the person who's hosting or whatever would, would get like five words from everyone and maybe focus on one or two people. But she went down the entire line and talked to every single person and gave them a chance at the spotlight. And I thought that was really great because I wanted to hear these people's opinions of their own characters. And it was really great to see some people are like, my character is a horrible person. And I think the one that I, I remember saying that the most was the person who actually wasn't in season one, Stormfront, I think uh, that's her name. Yeah. Right, she was like, I disagree with my character so vehemently, but it's also really fun to play. It's such an evil person, you know? I thought that was pretty good. But then the guy who plays Homelander, he kind of seems like he might actually be Homelander in real life. <laughs> oh, chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if that's true, but that was the act he was putting on when he was in that panel. And that was intriguing to see. Um, and it was also fun to hear the deep talk mad, mad crap about himself. Um, <laughs> because it's hard not to with the deep. And uh, and I'm just trying to remember all the different guys. There are so many people in it, you know. I think the people who are actually in the boys, like Mother's Milk, and I forget the other dude's names, but all those guys seemed to get the most spotlight. And it was cool because they had their own opinions on their character, but also their whole group. And then kind of the interesting take on superheroes from that world. And I was just fascinated and also uh, very entertained, very entertained the whole time. So that was my favorite. Cool, cool. I agree. Um, and I think that that show is lucky to have Carl Urban because I'm like, yeah. he's just a, le- a legend. I love that guy. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Um, you know, he should be in more things. Like, I don't know why Hollywood is just like, you know, soured on him. But I'm like, as the boy has proven, that show has proven, he's a really good actor and just a, a phenomenal talent to have in any kind of show like that. So, right. um, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, what are y'all thoughts, uh, JoJo? Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, of course, you know, it wasn't the full blown thing like you guys said, but <laughs> the panels were pretty nice. Um, for what they were, uh, one one panel that really caught my attention, um, because they actually went into like really further like a lot of detail with this one was uh, reclaiming indigenous. Uh, history and culture through comics and yeah they were talking about like representation in the industry and the representation of indigenous people inside of comics and how the younger generation um you know needs to continue to you know fight for you know for indigenous rights and everything and then going on but um they started getting into their characters uh that they liked the most in, in the comics and then some of them started talking about wolverine batman iron man of course but they didn't they didn't touch on the indigenous superheroes um like warpath uh thunderbird 
Daniel Moonstar is going to be in the New Mutants. Um, yeah. Demon Bear, of course. Um, Forge. Um, and then, like, in the video games, too, like Nightwolf, um, Wolf Hawkfield of um, Virtual Fighter, um, Julia Chang, Michelle Chang, um, Turok, Chief Thunder, Rick Strude of um, Fatal Fury, and stuff like that. But, like, I just, like, I really love how, you know, uh, the geek culture has included indigenous people. Um, yeah, but I just love yeah. I love the representation. I love it so much. Um, but also, um, I was reading. Well, I was watching another panel about Marvel Comics, the next big things, where they were talking about um, about Empire and talking about the new storylines that are coming out uh, with that, and um, bringing back like Marvel classics um, for the younger generation. So people, so like the younger generation that doesn't know too much about comics, but like there are, you know, like little things like uh, color books and like the novice type of stuff to get you geared into it. So then once you're introduced to it, you can actually venture out into the actual Marvel world and actually read the bigger comics and stuff. So those little those little panels that that I've watched, um, I really appreciate a lot, you know, because they they just they speak on the the younger generation and um, you know other cultures or just bringing in cultures in general, you know, um, and just teaching um, that that fan base. Um, and going on, so yeah. But uh, I think the the trailer, the new the new mutants trailer, um, that I was gonna talk about. It. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty dope. Um, I think they show like what was it like a like a little snippet of Daniel? like the opening of the yeah yeah it was the opening of the movie yeah, yeah. I was like yo what is going on <laughs> yeah I was so confused I was like okay demon bear I don't know what that is but I'm gonna look it up <laughs> <laughs> but now I know um but yeah New Mutants uh Walking Dead World Beyond Hellstrom I guess that's, I think that's a Marvel adaptation if I'm correct yeah it is so yeah too. yeah and um bill and ted face the music that one too yeah that that looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's pretty much it on my end uh yeah <laughs> mine's gonna be brief bro <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay. i'm gonna be real bro because i know will's ready <laughs> oh no i was i was weird <laughs> <laughs> nah you good bro but I, 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 I enjoyed everything about Comic-Con at home because, I, like JoJo, I've never been to a Comic-Con. And, and from what Will's telling me, it's it's really elite to try to actually make it to a Comic-Con. So it was cool to actually get the chance to sit down and have somewhat of a virtual experience of Comic-Con. Like, without the cosplay, of course, and the celebrities actually being, like, two feet in front of you, like, of course, that's the real reason of Comic-Con, but it was still dope to actually see the celebrities talk about upcoming movies and like their past experiences and what what the future of comics is going going to look like so i always appreciate that 
and what really surprised me was like it was the panels that the sh- it was the panels of shows and comics that I don't know much about that actually caught my interest the most. I don't know why it was. Maybe it was I just happened to be on YouTube and that what was trending at the moment. But the one com the one panel that is on the top of my notes is the Star Trek panel because they I know they have Star Trek Discovery coming out and Picard or if they're not already out and um Star Trek Lower Decks which I think is going to be an animated series yeah and it looks like personally it looks like a like a little Rick and Morty spinoff it looks like it has Rick and Morty humor so I know the cult following is going to be behind that and plus they got the Star Trek brand on it so it's already going to be a blast regardless so I'm actually kind of looking forward to that even though I don't know anything about Star Trek like (laughs) the only thing I know about Star Trek is that Xavier's in Star Trek (laughs) (laughs) that is the only thing I know about that and Khan like Mm -hmm. like, that's it (laughs) like I am Star Trek ignorant but I know the cult following behind it and I still know it's respect like so salute to all the Star Trek projects coming out and the new mutants the new mutants panel I also sat through a little bit of because that's oh that's been the running joke of all geeks for the past year now it's like okay <laughs> longer than that yeah, exactly that's right it's like whole year i'm saying like even with them saying it's gonna drop in august i i still don't even have high hopes like and i want this movie badly but i can already see something happening and then not coming out this year and it wouldn't even be yeah. it, it wouldn't even surprise me at this point that's how bad it's coming like <laughs> And I really, I'm looking forward to it so badly because I'm a horror buff and I'm a huge comic book nerd. So you putting both genres into one movie, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I need that. And and of course, the boys season two, the first season was just phenomenal, hilarious, gory. It's like everything mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting for an Amazon Prime show <laughs> at that. <laughs> like I was expecting this to be a netflix original or even a hulu original or something like that it was like an amazon prime original nah whatever i saw that first trailer i was like yeah i need to get hit to this so i'm more than looking forward to that season too yeah i i totally agree there and um yeah y'all basically covered everything that i was gonna gonna say there i mean comic-con at home for me a lot of people said it was a flop i thought it was great just because it gave everybody a chance to experience it and like you said the panels that stuck out to me were uh the marvel one for example it kind of teaches these younger people about the history of the comics kind of rebooting the storyline i think that's really great just because it is a little bit confusing like even i i've been a long time reader but i'm like what happened now especially the spider-man comics now i'm like i can't even keep up how many times it's been rebooted you know so <laughs> um and then i also watched a panel where i actually started to learn how to develop an independent comic book which was just cool for me just because that's a bucket list thing um and then watching the panels you know like the boys and then seeing the trailers for new mutants and star trek stuff that was just all you know icing on the cake for me and i think it was actually a online uh cosplay thing or masquerade um mm-hmm. that i watched a little bit of Word. Um, and that was pretty cool yeah i missed that one yeah i think it's, it should be on youtube yeah it's, or... it's up there i saw it yeah so that was yeah because i was like when i was there two years ago i was trying to go but i didn't go for reasons unknown um, 
Oh, but yeah, I just think it's incredible. And I think that uh, even though next year is going to be back to hopefully in person, I think they should at least allow, you know, a paid version of people to watch some panels or something just if they can't get in. Mm. Um, but I don't know if they'll ever do that. Um, but, you know. I feel like it would be in their best interest. Yeah. They, they should like load the panels up a few days later, something on the YouTube like they did this year. And then people will have an even bigger appreciation for that. And maybe they'll be able to open up more cons or something. I don't know how they get money from that, but it sure would be nice for the fans. Yeah. And then um, I was reading about the museum they're opening up. I don't know if that had anything um, that was interesting, but I was like, did you hear anything about that? Is, is it a museum opening in San Diego? Comic-Con Museum? Yeah, yeah. Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park. I actually just heard about this and did a little research on it. Apparently during the, the last Comic-Con 2019, they had a big Batman exhibit. And so people were super stoked to be in there, but it got a lot of mixed reviews because it's not a huge space. Mm-hmm. And people had to wait in line almost as long as it took to go through all of the things inside. But once it's not crazy like that and it fully opens, because I don't think it's fully opened yet, it was just a little pre-opening for Comic-Con last year. Um, It's supposed to open completely every single day starting 2021 sometime. And once that happens, I think it'll be a really cool thing because you'll get to go in and find out the history about Comic-Con, which is something that there are only a few panels each year that they even mention, you know, that Comic-Con's like 51 years old or whatever and how it got its start and how it grew. And I remember from when, I, when I was a kid, it was such a different event than what it is now. Now San Diego is bombarded by 350,000 people every single year for that weekend. And it, it's like a third or a fourth of our in, entire travel uh, that happens all year happens during that week. And um, when I was a kid, it was it was an incredible thing to me, but no one else knew what it was, you know? It was just something that the, the real big nerds knew about and would go to. There was no waiting in lines. There was no, I couldn't get in. This is about like, like 10, 15 years ago, I'm thinking. And then some happened and it exploded. And I kind of miss the old school vibes when you could actually go and meet famous people or just walk around with a bunch of other nerds and meet people um, and not have a problem getting in, sneak your friends in. I would always sneak my friends in every year until they started cracking down on security. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to when that museum opens up because it'll be a chance to get a little nostalgia and probably learn some things that we didn't already know. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, and I agree. I think we talked earlier this week about how I think what's so special about, you know, Comic Cons in general is just the community. The community is what makes Mm. a Comic Con and how welcoming everybody is. Like every Comic Con convention I've been to, whether it's San Diego or the ones here in uh, Norfolk or Richmond, Virginia, have Mm. always. It's full of these enthusiastic, friendly, some of the just most awesome people you'll ever meet. And I just think that's, you know, this is special. That's what's special about this whole community. And, and, you know, I hope it never goes away and we never lose sight of that. Totally. I could not agree more, man. It's so awesome. Yeah. It's like what got me through school when I was young, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, me too. Like, like I was saying, like I was that weird kid with comic books in my backpack, and I was in high school in a time where comic books and stuff weren't cool, and like you would get bullied. Like, <laughs> you geek, you nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the it was I was in high school. Man. Yeah, the early two thousands when you know Sam Raimi and the first X Men were out. They were like yeah. the only popular superhero movies out. Wow. You know? And now I'm like, I wish I was in high school now where all this stuff is like, even the cool kids listen to it and read it and, right. and stuff. So yeah, I'm like, I'm born in the wrong generation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a trip, man. I have no idea what it would be like to be able to talk to like the jocks at your school about Spider-Man. I just that <laughs> my mind. It's a different world now. That is so funny. That's that's hilarious. Just not to get off topic or anything, but I remember like how popularity like just swayed the power and the votes of like my high school. It was just it was just so toxic. Like I remember how everybody was like just bombing on Pokemon. It's the kids, blah blah blah. And then mm. I remember one of the one of the popular kids brought his Game Boy to school. This is yep. ninth, this is tenth grade. I remember it like it's <laughs> yesterday, bro. Everybody, Pokemon's whack. You're corny for playing Pokemon. Only babies do that. Anime trash. Da, 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 da. This one popular kid brought his Game Boy. All the girls loved him. Brought his Game Boy, brought his little crystal version. And when I tell you that week, all everybody else like droves brought their Game Boys in. People would never no, even man. held a Game Boy, bought a Game Boy, and bought Pokemon just because the popular kid was playing it. And I was there just shaking my head like, y'all trash. <laughs> y'all were crucifying these us, like all the exactly. kids, me and all the other kids, crucifying us, like shaming us, stone that nerd. You know, get him out of here. <laughs> As he brought this Game Boy, this raggedy Game Boy color and crystal version, and when I tell you just the whole climate change. I was like, wow, y'all are fake. <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That was my English class, too, in high school. Like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you trying to battle? Like, what's good? I was like, <laughs> I've never seen anybody or a bunch of people just and just play <laughs> in English class at oh, that deep. and not get caught. <laughs> yeah. My, my <laughs> Big sure. I agree. Uh, my high school experience was like that. Well, in high school, my high school was basically just like Spider-Man's was in the Sam Raimi movie. The first yeah. <laughs> That was like basically how my high school was. Uh, um, but yeah, y'all definitely, once this corona's over, I would definitely suggest going to, you know, the one here with Gene Beach or Richmond, or if you can, uh, San Diego, just experience Comic Con just to, um, you know, meet those cosplayers and you know, bump into a celebrity that you have watched for years and you realize they're these down to earth, nice people. Like, uh, mm-hmm. when I was in San Diego, I think the same day I met Chris, I bumped into, um, uh, what's his name? He did the voice of Jarvis for Iron Man and then he was Vision. I oh, his real name. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I see him. I just don't know his real name. I, yeah, <laughs> he's an English man. <laughs> yeah, uh, y'all know who I'm talking about. He was Vision. Um, yeah, but yeah. I bumped to him to him on the showroom floor. I was actually texting somebody, and then I looked up, and he was like right, right there in my face. Um, so that was just like crazy. A cool yeah, 
because like I was like everyone was rushing towards me. I was like, what's going on? Turned around. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around, and everyone was like, they thought it was Chris Pratt at first, and I was like, oh, oh Chris no, <laughs> Chris Pratt! <God>. No, <laughs> what do you how do you get that mixed up? I know. I was like, uh, I was like, that's Paul Bentley. That's his name. Yup. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then like I said, this year before Corona, I met. Uh, the cast of Smallville, uh, Neville from Harry Potter, uh, the guy from Yondu. Yo, come on! <laughs> yeah, they were all super cool and rich. You are, you know, super sitting at their tables. They'll wave. They'll come tell you to come talk to them for free. Like they won't charge you for that either. Like you can just chat with them. They don't. Bro, care. I would lose my mind if somebody was, if somebody was just saying, "Come on, come on, come over here." <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else was there? LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow was there. Oh, Peter Cullen. Um, <laughs> Not the goat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did fanboy in like uh, two times. Peter Cullen, who is the voice of Optimus Prime. Like when I heard him talking and all I heard was Optimus, it was just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Isn't he Mr. Megaphone too or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, me and my friends, when we met Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie, and then she was signing the pictures from her in that scene. And we were <laughs> kind of like, what? <laughs> like, I, I couldn't say anything standing next to her. Like, she was talking to me, and I was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> uh huh. So, I'll be me uh, too, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Man. That's all I wanted to say. It's just it, whenever this, this pandemic is over, um, y'all two definitely try to go to. At Comic Con because it's just so fun and like like I mentioned the community is just just what makes them so special. Right, I need that most definitely. Yeah, yeah, if you guys end up going to one, let me know which one you go to because I'd love to join you guys. I was talking to Will earlier this week that I'd like to you know branch out, see some more cons, and that kind of stuff. Meeting these famous people, it doesn't happen the same way. At like San Diego Comic Con or even WonderCon up in Anaheim, it's just too big. There's too many people. They get literally stampeded upon. Mm. So you can't go oh, and no. talk to them. It's gonna happen to me, you know. So <laughs> it would be really cool to go to one that's a little different and it's in a different spot. You know, I'd love to go to a different state and just check out what you guys are up to over there. That'd be super cool. And vice versa, if you ever wanted to go to like the WonderCon down here, that one's a lot easier to get into than San Diego Comic Con. And um, it's really fun and has a lot better male to female ratio, if you know what I'm talking about, than San Diego Comic Con. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 40, 60, or maybe even 50, 50, whereas Comic Con's like 595. Oh, God. No. Everybody's losing yeah. their mind with the Jill cosplayers. <laughs> yeah, that, that he's he's not lying about that though. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that that is very very true. Um, even a funny side story though, I felt a little weird when I met. Um, I like Harry Potter and everything, so I met you know Neville, and I was in his line to get his you know take a selfie with him. And mm-hmm. I was like one of the only dudes in there, just a whole bunch of screaming. 
And so and a lot of like teenage girls too. So I just felt really, really awkward. You know, just kept saying, nah, Nipples the goat, bro. No matter. <laughs> That's right. You hold your ground, bro. You take that picture. Yeah. <laughs> but, and the funniest thing is, like, he joked with me about it when I got to him. He was like, you know, I appreciate you just coming in and standing your ground. I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> pretty cool yeah, like because we joked like he was like i joked about something like he was a really cool dude though like you know the celebrities just they loosen up i guess when it's not so many people like you know mm-hmm. you get to see what they're like in their real life so right that was just really cool um but it was funny the way he reacted when he just saw me and all these girls screaming trying to get his- <laughs> um and then i think what well, something funny happened too with uh one of the other celebrities that was there oh the power rangers um mm. the original uh red ranger he was like totally just out and about like i bumped into him like on the showroom floor like three or four times he was getting a hot dog he didn't really <laughs> care about anything like he i think he was drunk a little bit too <laughs> he was uh he was just crazy. talking crazy stuff <laughs> and like Zordon was out there. Both of them, I think, had a little bit too much to drink. Hey, so, yo, um, I'm weak at Will's story right now, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, these are all detectives. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they were like telling us all these stories about you know the '90s Power Rangers stuff, and then they were just like everywhere, just telling these random stories. It was crazy and funny at the same time. I'm dying bro <laughs> that's so funny it's just so it's just crazy how nonchalantly he was like sword on somewhere getting lit on the floor room i'm here chilling with the red ranger like that is yeah. so dope uh-huh. to me <laughs> the child they were right, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i would i think about the times like which celebrities will actually have me starstruck and it's and I think my list so far is like if I were to meet like Kimberly, the original Pink Ranger, oh. I think I I think I lose my mind. Like Susie Q, yeah. I'd really lose my I lose my mind in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's a real crush right there. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Um, the Black Ranger, the original Black Ranger, comes to the Comic Con every year. He has his own booth, and I've talked to him maybe I don't know a few years in a row now. Um, he's just like a dude, you know? It's pretty crazy, like. Dude, I remember you Power Rangers. How are you here selling stuff? Yeah. Yeah, same. I met him. He came here uh two years ago too, and I met him. Yeah. He's a he's a really cool dude. Yeah, he is a really nice guy. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just when you go to the smaller ones, especially, like it's just like you'll have these little random encounters like um William Shatner. He was there right before uh, back in February. Yeah, right. Wow, and um, he was a little bad. bit too expensive though. He wanted, he wanted ninety for a autograph, and then I think oh, it was no. like hundred and something for, uh, I think it was one fifty for an autograph and a picture. Damn, um, but it was free to, yeah, it was free to talk to him though. Like I walked past his booth and just kind of said, "What's up?" And just uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he'll talk to you. He just like if you want a picture or autograph, you got to pay for it. But they'll talk to you, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we gotta scan that man. When I talk to him, Will, you take the low key snapshot and then I'll walk away like <laughs> 90 bucks. Like, you bugging, just give me the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I know we're rambling, but yeah, those those cons are just so fun that I really just enjoy going to them. So yeah, we can um we can wrap it up, y'all. Unless y'all have any final thoughts. Oh, y'all, G Four is coming back twenty twenty one. Yeah, I heard. I heard. That, that's a big deal to me, man. I used to grow up watching Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. All them X plays, Cinema Tech. Oh my god, oh, yeah. Tech of the show. Yes. I need Speaking that. Speaking of, a... <clears throat> what's up? Sorry to cut y'all off. Did y'all oh, know back here in Virginia, Olivia Munn was filming a movie here like right before COVID? And I'm like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. Like people were bumping into her. I was like, what? She was right by she was right by my job, and I'm like, I'm there almost every day, and I missed her every single day she was here. Stop mm-hmm. playing. Sad. The same here with the, um, you know, the, the Walking Dead spinoff was filmed here too, and I'm hoping to get on that, and you know, when they film in November. So Word, I told them I'd be a zombie, so they can kill oh, me off. No you're gonna be a zombie? That's yeah, awesome. that'd be ill, what? man. Yeah, I was they because I was like, I'll be an extra, and they were like, Well, do you want to be a zombie? I was like, Yeah, like I'll do a zombie. You can kill me off in the first episode or whatever. But um, <laughs> I would totally be on this The Walking Dead spinoff. So they're filming that in Richmond, mm-hmm. uh, November or early January of next year. So I'm like, Yes, I will be in some episode. So that's tough. That's awesome. so yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. I didn't want to cut y'all off. I know somebody was talking. Oh, now you go. We just talking about G four, and then that basically. Yeah, not <laughs> Yeah, G four was X play Adam Sessler. Absolutely. That, what else happened over the weekend? Um, oh, Logic. <clears throat> if anybody listened to him, I know I'm. I'm a big fan of dude. He signed a seven figure deal with Twitch exclusively, and that makes that makes him the first musician that Twitch ever made a partnership with. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Nice. Yeah, bro. So, and Logic, big rapper, big. Big game nerd, so like if we can get him on the episode or get him on a stream, that'd be Ew, dope too. Out. <laughs> It'd be done after that. You guys would be world famous. <laughs> Goated. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, what else I got here? Oh, the um, the Bandai Namco Japanese fighting game publishers roundtable. I know that's happening August first. That might be big. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, with that, they're going to have the developers from Arc Studios, Bandai Namco, Capcom, SNK. Basically, all, basically, the majority of the fighting games we grew up on. So, hopefully, there's news there. New fighting game crossover or just a new fighting game in general. I'll be excited for that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Wait, is that the one up for August 5th? It, it says it starts August 1st. Unless oh. they change the date. Uh, not. I mean, the one. Are you talking about the one that you sent us in a group chat? Yeah. Yeah. It says uh, August fifth. Oh, it's August fifth. Yeah, fifth. Okay, bet, bet, bet. Because I and saw it, it, and it was like August first, and it was like July thirty first for us, because you know yeah. Japan's basically like a whole day ahead of us or behind us. But that makes sense. All right, word, word. August fifth. Good. Either way, I'm gonna keep an eye out for that because I definitely love my fighting games. Would love to see a new one drop. Right. right. <laughs> Besides, yeah, word. But besides that, I think that's all in my notes. Unless um, oh, the 
the um Rob Liefeld rant he had on IGN. Oh yeah. God, that happened. Yeah, I gotta get caught up on that. Yeah, I don't no. think I heard. You said what, boss? I don't think I heard about that one. Yeah, so Rob Liefeld, um, basically co-creator of Deadpool, Cable, like the ghost of the comic industry. He essentially has not a beef, but he just had a rant with Disney and um, who else did he call out? Kevin I think Mike, Fox. I oh yeah, Fox also. Yep. And he was basically just venting about. <clears throat> How he believes they're basically mistreating, not mistreating, but not utilizing the Deadpool IP as much as they could. Because mm-hmm. essentially, his argument was Disney is now 50, $70 billion in debt because of the whole Mulan was supposed to drop and Black Widow was supposed to drop, but COVID dropped instead. So all those, <laughs> <laughs> all those delays pushed them back. You're out of money. His In his head, he's like, why isn't there a Deadpool cartoon? You also focus on a Deadpool 3 in his eyes, he's like, Deadpool 1 and 2 was perfect. He doesn't care for Deadpool 3. He's like, there should be more Deadpool video games. There should be more Deadpool cartoons. And when he said that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because personally, I enjoyed the Deadpool video game. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't like game changing or anything like that. But it was a Deadpool <laughs> video game. And for what it was, it was a good time. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> when it comes to Deadpool as a character, why doesn't he have a cartoon? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're thinking of, like, entertaining superheroes, that's crazy to me. Like, Wolverine has, like, seven different iterations of cartoons. Not that we don't love, not that we don't love Wolverine in every different iteration, but it's, like, Deadpool's hilarious. It's, like, I, when I think of Deadpool, I think of, like, South Park and, like, the crazy off-the-wall shows. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, I haven't seen the Harley Quinn show, but I heard that's doing numbers, and I heard that's a great show. I heard that's fun. It is. It is. It's a really great show. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if Harley Quinn is such a success, think of that same that same equation just with Deadpool. I feel like that's a hit right there. Yeah, but, but also you know how that goes. Everything's a business. <laughs> so Indeed. Like, yeah, it's like if they don't think Deadpool's their flagship character, they're not going to push it. So. It is what it is with that. But it was just a lot of passion passion behind his words and I felt where he was coming from because when he was when the um the IGN commenter asked him about Deadpool three, his words was basically like, Hey, that's that's punching above my pay grade. I was like, That's so mm-hmm. crazy to me. That's your baby. And that's mm-hmm. like the movie basically not it doesn't have nothing to do with him, but essentially he he doesn't have much to say when it comes to that. But that's so crazy to me, bro. It's like you created, you co-created this character. And you don't really have much saying when it comes to the movies. That's, that like breaks my heart. Yeah. Like, like honestly, but they always shaft the comic creators. Like, that's so wild to me. Like, it just made me do more research when it comes to like IPs and who owns what. And just, it's just so wild to me. It's just so many creators just get pushed to the, like these big multi-million dollar movies and these different creative ideas and whatnot but it's like how do you forget the man who actually created this vision in the first place like right i don't know like (laughs) it's just it's just off to me but business is business it is what it is yeah absolutely yeah that sucks I, i do hear that it happens pretty often though it's it's so crazy but just the more you know, the more you learn about it. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's true. true. <laughs> I'd be down for some Deadpool, though. <laughs> Anything they put Deadpool on, I'm watching it. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> a it's an instant stamp. You throw Deadpool on anything, people are flocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything we're talking about. Oh my bad. Oh no, you go ahead. I was just saying, uh, you mentioned Harley Quinn and, and her having her own show. She she's not necessarily a flagship character. So why, why not Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, exactly, and I and I know exactly why they gave Holly Quinn a show. It's like, of course, they're going off the whole how she had a movie. She was basically the best character of the whole DC universe. Like they're going off the Suicide Squad. They're like, all right, Harley Quinn sucks the least. We need to push this agenda real quick, and it worked because I love Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So they're rocking that. She deserves that cartoon, and it worked out. Right. And it's just like Chris said. It's like Deadpool's dead. One gold two gold just make a either make a cartoon make a movie make something like it's easy money for y'all what are y'all doing yeah yeah i i totally agree like deadpool just prints money especially when you got ryan reynolds on board like willing to do the voice for pretty much anything deadpool i'm like that's money right there (laughs) (laughs) um and then cash then it turns out uh go ahead he made Pikachu work. I mean, he can make anything work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. That is, that, that is a fact. He did, because I was so skeptical of that movie, but, like, he, he made it work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah. And then, you know, the Harley Quinn thing. I agree. It, it is a good show. I got my little quick uh, issues with it, mainly... I don't really like the portrayal of the Joker in that. Like, it just doesn't feel like the Joker to me. Uh, maybe because mm. I'm just so used to uh, Mark Hamill, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just hear Penny because Penny from Big Bang is the voice of Harley Quinn in the show. So, <laughs> um, so it kind of throws me off, but it's still a good show. Um, but yeah. Uh, anybody else got any uh, last minute thoughts? Uh, going back to what Willie said about the round table you were right willie the round table is august 1st oh so it is but, the first yeah but i was talking about the um the street fighter 5 summer update that's what i was talking about ah uh, thank august you 5th. you were gotcha. I, I knew something was august 5th you're right i was like i yeah. forgot to put it down in my notes that is happening Word. Yeah. because i've been actually um putting together a little wish list for the character reveals that i want to see so i got Dudley for one. I've got who else? Um, Relento, fan favorite right there. Um, I also have Fei Long, and who's my last one? Um, damn, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, mainly those guys from um, a, a good a good number of other people from Street Fighter Four. I got you. Yeah. Like, I would love to see more of those characters in there. I respect that. Yeah. Fei Long definitely needs to make an appearance. I, yeah. I stand behind that decision a wholeheartedly, 100%. That's the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, word. They give me Yoon and T-Hawk and everybody gets another critical attack, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, same for me, boss. Okay. I got one more thing I could bring in. Yeah. Um, so, like, right now, Gen Con's happening, which is all about mm-hmm. games and tabletop games and stuff. And uh, 
it's free for everything except like their individual streaming things. I haven't watched any of it yet because I've been at work all day. But um, it looks like some of the stuff might be pretty interesting. They got like how to write a script and and how to grow your nerd brand, something that we can all definitely uh, learn from. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just say check it out. Their website's a little confusing. It's not like super well set up. It's hard to figure out how to find the panels. What I did was I just went to their like event finding location and typed in the word panel, and I think I found in all their panels. Got you. Um, yeah, but that'd be especially. I think that that nerd brand one is happening on Sunday, maybe Saturday or Sunday. That'd be something we should all tune into for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and one other thing I wanted to say, which is not really related to any particular event, but more to you guys in general. Uh, I was telling Will earlier this week that like what you guys are doing with your podcast and stuff, it's really inspirational for other people whether you you realize it or not i don't know if you do but like for me personally you know uh, just being a dude who's a nerd who's interested in this stuff seeing you guys go out and and get it you know just do this and do it well it's been so inspiring to me and it's part of the reason why i thought that i ever could start a youtube channel and it's like oh it's a really fledgling youtube channel you know i've got one video out another one dropping today no tomorrow tomorrow at two um but I, I don't know that I could have done that if I didn't see someone who I could relate to do the same thing, you know, and that's what you guys are doing. And so props to you guys. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I really appreciate you guys inviting me onto the channel uh, or onto the podcast. And um, it's not only been fun, but it's important, I think, also. I oh, appreciate, appreciate you, boss. Yeah, that means a lot, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like we're honored, honored, Chris. Just you know, that keeps us going, and you know, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say, man. Just I'm honored, and I appreciate that a lot. And you know what's yeah. crazy? You know what's crazy too? I always <laughs> think about this. Um, I think we've been what we've been podcasting for about a year now. Yeah, a year. Yeah, that market. And it's so funny that Willie, you actually saw that. In a Craigslist, a Craigslist, a Craigslist forum. I did off the <laughs> random, yo. Randomly, <laughs> I was looking for a job. <laughs> like I was looking for jobs, and like not this at all. Even though this was the dream. Crazy. Like I was like, bro, it's like we really need to get this podcast started. All we do is talk about games and anime and geek culture. I was like, when are we gonna do? It? When are we gonna? One day, one day, one day. I was like, I right, whatever, keep putting it off, keep putting it off. All right, might as well just find a job while I'm like struggling to start a podcast. <laughs> I was like, looking at random quirks, random tasks. I was like, oh, what is this talent? Let me see what's going on. <laughs> of course, of course, ignoring all the random looking for lonely emails. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, was like, I don't need any of this. <laughs> it was like podcast geek. What inspired? I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to email this man stat. He said, meet us at the Panera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that's we amazing. A, yeah, we met at Panera Bread and then, you know, we all just vibed and clicked instantly. And that was basically history right there. That was all she wrote. We, we've yep. been linked up ever since. Oh. Or, from the library. So, yeah, it's, anchor. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Word, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just glad for each of you. You know, we all met 
randomly, but it, clearly we were all supposed to be because oh, yeah. you know, look at look definitely. at us here doing this. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, you want to shout out your YouTube channel before our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I got a brand new YouTube channel. It's called Nerd in the Sun, and I will be talking about a lot of the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about today. Um, and just sharing my thoughts, but also trying to do some news updates on some of my uh, favorite games or upcoming games, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and if you guys are at all interested, you know, check it out. It's very beginning stages right now, but I got someone working on a logo, and I'm going to be pumping out videos as best I can. I'm learning how to edit. It is not easy. <laughs> I spent six hours on a one-minute, 40-second oh video. What? Stayed <laughs> until 5 a.m. and stuff. So I was oh like, I'm going to get this done. God. I see what YouTubers go through. Yeah, yeah, for but, you know, I'll get better. And uh, if you guys want to come along, and I-, I would love to have you guys on. By the way, that would be super, super, super cool. I'm gonna have one on, I think, next week. But any yeah. or all of you guys, you know, I'd love to have you guys on. I think it would not only be fun, but great content for anyone who's watching. Word, that'd be dope, man. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely down. So yeah, everyone, I'll be on his YouTube channel show next week. So y'all tune in and I will link his YouTube channel when I post this on Facebook and social media. So y'all can just quickly, you know, subscribe to him. And I think that will do it for this episode. This has been a fantastic one, y'all. We've broken a record. We are now at 83 minutes. Christmas. <laughs> 80 yeah so this is a super long but super fun um episode we got a lot of cool stuff coming forward since i'm graduating i'll be posting a lot more y'all so expect hey, more episodes congrats um, to the god <laughs> <laughs> expect more episodes more frequently um we do have a youtube channel so i'll probably do more uh face reveals but um, y'all don't want to see that but i'm, I'm joking but, um, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm trying to build a gaming channel, like a Twitch channel, so we can all maybe do some uh, gaming together and, and talk that way too. So, oh yeah, a lot of fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff planned. Um, so yeah, stick with us, listeners. Um, like, share, subscribe if you think is uh, if it's worthy of you. And yeah, until next time, everyone, stay safe in this COVID world, and we will see you guys later what is going on everybody it's your boy will and i'm back with another episode of the inspired geeks podcast first of all happy new year happy 2021 i hope everybody's holidays were great and everybody stayed safe i apologize for not uploading you know the holidays got a little bit crazy but we're back here in the new year and we are coming at you with some fresh new content uh, so let's get right into it. So today I'm just going to talk about um, and give my thoughts on the newest Disney Plus show that just launched this past Friday, January 15th, called WandaVision. It's a Marvel show um, and it stars Wanda Maximoff and Vision from the Avengers. They first appeared in Avengers Age of Ultron and of course they appeared again in uh, Avengers Infinity War. Now this is a very different project from what we had expected from Marvel. 
you know, a lot of us thought that this was going to be like just a straight up, you know, superhero show. And this is definitely not what this is. This is actually Marvel's attempt at a sitcom. Um, and it, it works because we all know Marvel movies. They all have a lot of humor in them anyway. So, you know, I have no problem with that. And, you know, again, I think, you know, Marvel needs to switch it up and kind of do take risks and, and do new things, um, especially on this new platform that is Disney Plus. So this show takes a lot of inspiration from classic uh, sitcoms like I Love Lucy, Bewitched um, and those kind of shows from the um, 1950s and 60s era of, of comedy and slapstick. And I think they pull it off well, um, largely due to the fact that Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda and Paul Bentley as Vision, they have great chemistry um, and their sense of um, comedic timing is just so perfect. And I think that the way the show is formatted is shot in black and white and it has the right um, aspect ratio and everything is just a great, um, homage to that era of sitcoms. And I, you know, hats off to them for nailing it and pulling it off. Now, you know, it may throw some people off. Like I was telling, um, our other guys, Willie and John that, you know, it's not a straight up superhero, uh, show so far. So it might turn off some people, but for me, after watching it, you know, multiple times, I really dig what they're doing. They don't give away a lot of what's going on, what the premise is, why this is happening. Because as far as I know, this is set after the events of Avengers Endgame. So, you know, it's a little bit of a shock to, you know, see these characters, Vision, especially, spoiler, you know, see him alive again. And, you know, it's like a, a mystery interwoven into the comedy in this reality that they found themselves in so you know i'm interested to see where it goes but like i said you know so far i i really enjoy it so i will break down what the first episode is and then i'll, I'll talk about the second one too so the first episode we begin with uh wanda and vision and they are trying to figure out you know what's the significance of august 23rd um, and they go about their day. It's sort of like a I Love Lucy plot where Vision takes on a human form and he goes to work. And then he later finds out that his boss is supposed to come over to their house and they have a dinner. So and that's pretty much the plot. And they're trying to figure that out because Wanda first thinks it's their anniversary. But overall, both of them know that something isn't right. Like they feel like, you know, something's going on and as the episode progresses, you kind of, as an audience member, kind of see the little hints that something isn't right. Like, this feels like an alternate reality that maybe Wanda has created to cope with losing Vision after the events of Infinity War, which I think is really what's happening. But again, it's, it's standard fare. I don't want to spoil it too much, but, you know, there are little hints that something darker and more um, mischievous, I guess, is the word is going on behind the scenes um, with a different company called Sword, which if you read the comics, you'll know who they are. But that's basically the plot of the first episode. It's a lot of slapstick comedy, which, you know, I think is great, but it wasn't my favorite of the episodes. 
uh, I will go on to the second episode here, which is Wanda and Vision. Oh, Wanda and Vision are, you know, trying to blend in with the town and they are going to a talent show doing a magic magic show, actually. And uh, they pull it off successfully as well. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of humor and, you know, the plot is very straightforward, like them going around the town trying to convince everybody that they're normal without giving away that they are, you know, superpower beings. So that's kind of the plot of that episode. And it's by far uh, the best out of the two for me, just because of the physical humor that Paul Mitney um, does after Vision swallows some gum and it makes him act all loopy. That That's really funny to watch to me. And you know, some of the other new characters that they introduced, um, like Monica Rambu, if you know who she is, she was the girl that was in um, Captain Marvel 2 as Captain Marvel's friend, the little girl. But this is like the grown up version of her. And she actually plays a huge role um, in the comics. So definitely I don't want to spoil that. Like I said, I'm not too well versed in that specific character, but. I have heard of her, so that's really, really cool. Also, there are a lot of Easter eggs in this, uh, in both of the episodes, but specifically in episode two, we get um, a fake commercial for a Stark Industries toaster, which, you know, is a reference to uh, Tony Stark and, and Howard Stark, you know, and then we also get a commercial for a watch which has a hydra logo on it which is you know hydra if you've seen uh captain america winter soldier you'll know hydra is they're they're an evil organization and again we also see a lot of hints that uh wanda is envisioning this like this is just a reality the reality that she created to kind of cope or there is some kind of company i guess swore that's has captured Wanda and like she's making this reality and they're monitoring her powers or something. So I'm interested to see where that's going because like at the end of episode one, we see a person watching the credits of, you know, the episode that we just watched and we're like, what in the world is going on? But again, they don't give us a lot to go on with those two episodes. So you know, it's, it's a bit of a mystery right now, and it's, it really has me hooked. Um, and then another really cool thing that happens, spoiler alert for uh, episode two, is that at the very end of it, we find out that Wanda is pregnant. And I, you know, as a fanboy, and, you know, through my comic reading and my knowledge of the, you know, Marvel Universe... I got a little bit hype, you know what I mean? Like, uh, because it's to me, it's setting up the Young Avengers. You know, Wanda and Vision do have kids in the comic books. And I have read a couple of comic books with the Young Avengers. And it would be Tommy and Billy, a.k.a. Speed and Wiccan. So that's, you know, an interesting prospect. Like, is Marvel really going to do a Young Avengers in Phase 4? That's what I'm thinking, you know, this is setting up. And also, you know, WandaVision kind of also sets up Doctor Strange 2, which 
I think it's really cool. The whole multiverse thing that's going on, alternate reality. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the whole House of M thing from, you know, the X-Men comics where, you know, Wanda has a mental breakdown and just creates this whole crazy uh, universe and reality. So I think there's they're combining different comic book aspects, but I think this is really taking inspiration from House of M. Um, so I'm really hyped about that as well. Um, but I will say this. I Even though I, I give Marvel props and Disney props for trying something new and I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Like, you know, maybe it's just my own personal sense of humor, but I didn't laugh too much, but I did dig what, you know, what the actors did here and, and the whole aesthetic and um, the supporting cast is also great too. But, you know, that it didn't really hit me as strong as I thought, but I'm hooked. Um, also, I, oh, before I forget, there is another Easter egg that I want to talk about, too, that happens in episode uh, two. And it's when Wanda has another breakdown where she's like hearing a voice where like someone saying uh, over the radio, uh, Wanda, why are they doing this to you or who's doing this to you? And it sounds like Hawkeye to me. I don't know. Maybe, you know, you listeners can um, break it down or comment on it as well. But. Definitely sounds like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Maybe he's looking for Wanda um, in the real world while she's, you know, being captured or treat experimented on by a sword or another organization. Speaking of, there also is a weird uh, guy in like a beekeeper suit that comes up at the end of episode two. And to me, that also looks like an AIM uniform, you know, at advanced ideas mechanics they're also an evil organization in the marvel universe so i'm thinking hmm you know it, it's it, it brings up another interesting element like is aim coming back like i know um aim was in iron man 3 with uh aldrich killiam played by guy pierce but he also died in that movie supposedly so i'm wondering who's running aim and if we may see modok if that you know, if AIM's involved, I mean, MODOK in Phase 4 would be super, super cool, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, that's another cool aspect. So, there's a lot of cool things, but overall, you know, I enjoyed it, but i give it a 7 out of 10. Like, the humor, you know, the I love uh, Lucy type of humor just really isn't my cup of tea, per se. Not saying the show is bad. Like, it definitely has a um, interesting premise is something new and different that you know is needed in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe anyway so I'll be watching you know to see where it goes and who knows maybe my impressions of the show will change and you know it'll get a higher score once the season is wrapped up but overall you know I'm hyped and I think anybody who's a fan of Marvel should definitely watch it it's good fun 7 out of 10 for me now, this episode isn't going to be too long because, you know, I don't have my boys Willie and John here with me. But I did want to kind of update you guys about where we we're trying to take the podcast going forward into 2021. Now, right now, 
it's just me, Willie, and John doing it. So, again, if any cosplayers, gamers, um, content creators, comic book artists, you guys are looking for a platform to grow, you want to be interviewed on the show, um, or if you just want to help out some fellow nerds, please uh, reach out to the podcast. We are very interested in growing, and we want to... Um, game with you guys we want to interact with our listeners we want to interact with our fellow content creators who are nerds gamers Uh, we really want to do some fun things this year and really grow as a platform so any support that you guys can provide that would be excellent and uh you know yeah and also uh if you want to game with me I am on PlayStation 5. My gamer tag is Arclight underscore Ninja X. Um, please add me on PlayStation Network. I would love to game with you guys. I am planning to create a Twitch for Inspired Geeks. Um, so you guys can watch us screen games and, you know, join in. And we also have a Switch um, community as well coming. So it's a lot of good stuff. And we hope to uh, start coming to more Comic Cons once everything starts to clear up with coronavirus hopefully this year you know some conventions will actually happen and we can promote and meet people but yeah um lots of good stuff but if you would love to help us out reach out to us um our email is inspiredgeek616 at gmail.com or follow us on twitter or our social media pages um thank you guys so much for the support Next episode, we'll have the full crew. We'll talk about something fun. It'll be a little bit more lively than just me talking. (laughs) Hope I didn't put you guys to sleep, but I wanted to put some content out here um, just so you guys would hear my voice and let you know the podcast is still active. It's not dead. And um, I hope you all, you know, be safe out here and we will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Will. I'm back with another episode of the Inspired Geeks podcast. Now, today I want to talk about Resident Evil. Now, recently, Capcom held an event about a week ago um, talking about the newest entry in the series, Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil The Village. And uh, and they also released a demo for the PS5, which I got to try out and you are going to be watching some uh, gameplay of me actually trying out the demo Um, and I'm also going to just talk about my thoughts about it and some theories that I have about the next entry in the Resident Evil series so buckle in guys it's going to be it's going to be good now before I even talk about a demo um, I'll just say this Resident Evil has been one of my favorite gaming franchises since the PS1 days like I would say it's Metal Gear and Resident Evil is like the two games that really uh, struck me as as video games that could really suck you in into the story and care about the characters um, and what you're doing. Like they are just like top tier games, in my opinion. And as a filmmaker, um, these two games just really drew me in with their, you know, story, cinematic quality, all that good stuff. Well, so I've just been a fan of these games, but. Particularly Resident Evil, I have so many great memories of the series, um, being scared, playing it at my cousin's house at a PS1, um, getting scared by Resident Evil 3, um, and Nemesis busting in and uh, freaking everybody out at nighttime. So 
just lots of good memories with the series. Um, getting attached to the characters like Leon and Chris and Jill and Claire. Um, and, you know, just so many uh, fun times with the games. And I just appreciate Capcom for that. Um, and I also, I hate to go off on a tangent, um, but I do um, kind of appreciate the live action uh, Resident Evil movies uh, with Mila Jovovich. Um, they aren't very good, but I do like the first two. The first one and the second one, uh, Apocalypse, that's kind of closer to the games. Um, they're kind of guilty pleasures of mine. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say all that just to say that I'm just a huge fan of Resident Evil. Um, so what I'm about to say is it's coming from, you know, the perspective of love and, and from a genuine fan of the series. Now, I got to say, um, I love the games. I love Resident Evil, you know, one through four. Um, I love the survival horror aspect from the earlier games. Um, and then I loved what they did with Resident Evil 4 with um, how they started to shift towards action. And then Resident Evil 5 um, and then Resident Evil 6 really let me down. Um, that was just such a, um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it was such a garbage game. Um, and it just was not good at all. Um, and it really killed the franchise, really. It put the franchise on ice for like, you know, four to five years until Resident Evil 7. Um, and we got a switch to first person view. Um, and it just really put the franchise back on course. It Resident Evil was re, Resident Evil 7, I mean, was just um, that first person switch, um, perspective switch. Um, it definitely did wonders for the series. Um, playing Resident Evil 7 in the dark and surround sound was, you know, a surreal experience. Um, definitely brought back the survival horror aspect that was missing from the series and it just re rejuvenized the franchise for me. Um, and I was, you know, terribly hyped when it came out and it's definitely one of my favorite survivor horror games, uh, ever, but it still doesn't touch the original RE games. Um, sorry. Um, but I did enjoy it a lot. So I say all that to say Resident Evil eight is continuing the story of Ethan from Resident Evil seven. And this time he, it looks like uh, his daughter, get kidnapped kid, kidnapped i mean um his daughter with his wife mia who we searched for in resident evil 7 they are settled down and now they are trying to live a normal life after the events of resident evil 7 dealing with the baker family and um Alyssa, um and all that craziness the molded and all that crazy stuff that happened in that game um so they have a daughter but it looks like she gets kidnapped by this you know witches or vampires and Ethan's out to uh, save his daughter, and it looks like Mia may have gotten killed um, if you watch some of the other trailers. But yeah, that's basically the premise. Um, a lot of fans don't like Ethan because he doesn't have the personality that some of the other characters um, in the series do. But I actually kind of enjoyed Ethan because it kind of it kind it kind of allowed us to kind of put the player in that zone and get really immersed in the world so i didn't really mind but in this one um it seems we'll get more backstory into ethan i have my own theories but anyway now the demo i did play the demo it is called uh maiden and it's similar to the if you ever played the resident evil 7 demo it's like a demo there's no combat or anything um, and you're going through this castle. You're just really checking out the graphics, the environment. And I got to say, 
the atmosphere for Resident Evil 8, the village, exploring this demo is really great. Um, it has a really gothic feel to it. Um, the sound design is also fantastic. Um, I was playing with my headphones, the uh, PlayStation 5 uh, 3D Pulse headset. It, I definitely can tell it's going to lead to some very tense moments and a lot of jump scares when uh, Resident Evil 8, the village, comes out. Um, I also dig the new characters. Uh, there is this tall lady, vampire lady called Lady Dishramu. Uh, I can't really pronounce her name, but I'll just call her Lady D for now. <laughs> lady D for now. Um, and her daughters who are witches and also vampires. And um, they seem like they could be cool. They could seem like they'll be, you know, sim playing a similar role to what the Baker family did in Resident Evil um, 7. But in the demo, it's all just a, a visual tour, um, as you're seeing in the footage that's playing while I'm talking. Um, there's not, there's again, there's no combat or anything. It just was a feel for... Um, the environment of the castle, um, some light puzzle solving, um, and really some great sound design and, you know, just to get a feel for the game. It'll probably get updated like the Resident Evil 7 demo did with, you know, combat, new areas, um, closer to release, which is May 7th. Um, but again, great demo. If you have a PS5, I'd definitely say try it out for yourself just to get a feel for um, the environment we'll be playing in. Um, and also get a little taste of the new characters, um, which is cool. Um, uh, the character I did want to point out, though, that in the demo, you play as a nameless character um, that seemingly gets killed at the end by Lady D. And I was thinking that when we played Resident the Resident Evil 7 demo, we came to find out that the person that we played in the demo was actually Clancy, the camera guy that you see in that little... Uh, it's not a mini game, but it's like a in the prologue of the game of the full game. So I'm thinking this character that we play as in the demo might actually, you know, be a significant um, character in the full game. We don't know yet. But again, you know, I'm down for it. Now, I also noticed that there was a little teacup in the in the demo. And I feel like there's more to that. And I definitely feel like they may update the demo. Um, and add a new area and again maybe some new combat um areas too to show off the uh you know the improvements that they've done with the combat in the game so that's really cool i really love what they did with the you know resident evil 7 demo where they kind of added things as we got closer to release so very cool um but the demo again is just it's it's impressive it's really short um so there's not a whole lot to say about it there's no real um, like I said, there's no combat or anything, but really fun demo is free. So boys will give it a try. Um, I also wanted to talk about some theories that I had for Resident Evil 8, the village and talk about some of the, the topics that I've been talking about with fans on, uh, Reddit and game facts. Well, I don't know. <laughs> game F A Q. Um, <laughs> That was a joke, and no offense to anybody out there, I swear to God. That wasn't a shot at anybody. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that, um, so, so a discussion that I was having with uh, some fans about Resident Evil 8 
was that a lot of fans seemed to have a problem with the switch to first person view. And again, I I have no problem with it because I definitely think it saved the franchise. It definitely adds to the immersion of it. Um, and I do think that, um, and I do hope that they do add to Ethan's personality in Resident Evil 8. We learn a little bit more about his backstory. I have my own theories. I'm thinking maybe he used to work for Umbrella. He used to be a uh, secret agent. Um, I even think he may have some connections to Hunk. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's just my own fan theory. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping, you know, a lot of fans seem to take issue with that. But I think, you know, having that, that switch to first person just, it just makes it more real and, and it's easier for you to get sucked into the world. So I have no complaints there. Uh, also, it seems the big thing that people have with uh, Resident Evil 8 is the fact that there are vampires and werewolves in the game. Now, I... I mean, come on, y'all. This is Resident Evil we're talking about. The whole series is over the top. Uh, there's been some crazy moments. You know, Wesker with his Matrix powers. We got giant snake boss bosses in the first game, giant alligator in the second game. We got things like liquors and tyrants and mutant plants and hunters. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, the whole series, it, it fits like... Who says vampires and werewolves can't be biological weapons? You know, I definitely feel like there's a new virus involved. Um, it could always be, you know, the T-Virus had like leeches. So it could be like bats and leeches combined and created a new virus. Boom, vampires. So I have zero problem with that. But some fans think that's too much. I don't think it's too much at all. I mean, I'll leave it up to you, the listeners. Do you guys think that's too much? I don't. Um, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Resident Evil has always just been, you know, over the top. So let, let's just have fun with it, guys, and see where it goes. Like, let's not pass judgment before we get to play the game. The game doesn't come out until May 7th, uh, 2021. So, you know, just chill a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> um, and, and like I said, in another really... um. Really cool thing, interesting um, tidbit is it looks like Chris, Chris Redfield, one of the only returning cast members from um, the previous games that have jumped to the uh, first person perspective games. Seems like he may be the villain because it looks like he's working with um, the witches and Lady D and the vampires. He gives Ethan's uh, daughter away to them. And also on a cover of the game, it looks like he's turning into a werewolf which you know i'm wondering does he get infected like you know are they really going to turn chris into a villain in these new trilogy of games because they say this is the end of ethan's story so resident evil 9 we might get a new character or we might go back to someone like jill who we haven't heard from since resident evil 5 uh and that's a whole nother story <laughs> Capcom, side note, Capcom, why are you treating Jill like that? Like, Jill is a fan favorite, and, you know, you guys have neglected to put her in any of the uh, recent games after five. Fans have been asking for her for years. Come on, Capcom. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, that was a really interesting thing. Like, I've had my debates and, and theories maybe 
Uh, Chris is brainwashed um, to helping the villains in Resident Evil 8. I don't know, but it's really interesting to see, you know, where they go with that. Um, also, another complaint that I saw from people uh, when they saw the trailer during the event was a merchant who uh, is doing a similar role to the merchant from Resident Evil 4. Um, but he's like really overweight and obese and they think that's over the top. I thought it was funny. Like, I, <laughs> I have no problem with that either. Um, I don't know why some fans are taking offense to that. I don't think it's a shade to anybody. Um, but, you know, what, what can you do? I mean, it's just a character in the game. Like, some people, just because he's overweight, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Resident Evil, man. Come on. Everything's over the top in that universe. So... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hyped to see a lot of Resident Evil 4 elements are present in the new um, Resident Evil 8 Village game. Like we get the uh, the new uh, menu and inventory system that's very similar to Resident Evil 4. Um, the village surrounding the castle that you go into um, from the trailers that we've seen looks very similar to Resident Evil 4. And there are rumors that Capcom is getting ready to remake Resident Evil 4, kind of like how they did uh, Resident Evil 2, 3. So it seems like they were going to reuse a lot of assets and um, release Resident Evil 4 coming soon. And I'm hyped for it. Resident Evil 4, again, top tier uh, Resident Evil game. Um, also, Capcom announced that there will be a multiplayer component to Resident Evil 8 called RE-verse, which... Looks like a, to be honest, it looks like a generic multiplayer shooter. You're just using a different Resident Evil characters like, you know, Leon and, and Claire and Jill. And you're just shooting each other in team deathmatch. So I don't really know how that's going to go from what I've seen from the trailer. And the beta just started uh, recently this week. From what I've seen with that, it seems really generic. Um, but it's free. It'll be attached to Resident Evil um, 8, The Village, when that hits stores on May 7th. So I will definitely play it, see how it is. Um, it could be a fun distraction. It's, you know, a free add-on. I definitely probably wouldn't pay any money for it. Um, it kind of seems like, you know, Capcom is really focusing on multiplayer because earlier last year with Resident Evil 3 Remake, they included Resident Evil Resistance, which was this um it was this multiplayer game where one person played as a mastermind and other players played as survivors and like the mastermind had to stop them from escaping a facility so they had access to like a tyrant zombies and stuff so that game it was a little fun i played it for a couple of weeks and then got bored of it and never played it again and also it had issues like the mastermind was clearly op overpowered um, because he could just kill everybody instantly once he released a tyrant. And, you know, it just wasn't very fun to play as a survivor and just a whole some other issues. So I hope they can, you know, address that with RE-verse, just make it a fun team deathmatch uh, multiplayer shooter. I don't have a whole lot of hope for it, but it could be fun. So fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Overall, I'm super excited for Resident Evil 8, The Village. Um, I love the new tone, the atmosphere. Um, I'm down for the vampires and werewolves. Um, the demo, again, the demo was really fun, even though there's no combat. Like, I just got a little taste of what the finished game will be. 
super hyped. The new characters, um, also interested to see where that goes. I'm interested to see if um, Chris really is going to be a villain. Uh, are we going to see any other classic characters like uh, Claire or Jill or uh, Leon maybe popping up in the game? I hope so. Um, but there was some other um, Resident Evil news, too, um, that they announced at this event while I'm talking about Resident Evil. And they talked about the new reboot movie, which finished shooting, I think, at the end of last year. And the cast is really strong. Um, and they say it's based on the first two games. So Resident Evil 1 in the Spencer Mansion and Resident Evil 2 um, in Raccoon City. Uh, I'm really hyped for that. Some fans don't like that because Jill is played by uh, the actress who played Ghost in Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, she's Jill and some people have issues with, you know, her her race. She's half black and half white. I don't care. Like, I think she's a great actress. So, you know, and Leon being um, of Arab descent, as somebody said, again, I don't care. I think they, as long as the actors can do justice to the, the games, the story, the tone, creature design, um, I'm down for it. So and it, it's definitely going to be better than. The Mila Jovovich movies. No shade to them, but those movies just were a uh, middle finger to all of the fans. Um, <laughs> and they also announced a Netflix animated series starring Leon and Claire. Um, it's, it's based in the universe of the games and it's all CGI animated. Um, so it'll be a series and it's coming to Netflix this year as well. I'll definitely check that out. Um, and there's supposed to be another live action Resident Evil series coming to Netflix and it's based around Wesker's kids. Um, but there hasn't been much talk about that. I'm not sure if that's been canceled or not, but I'm also down for that. So a lot of good Resident Evil stuff coming. Um, again, Resident Evil 8, The Village comes out May 7th, 2021 this year. It's coming out for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Series S, PS4, Xbox One, PC, um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I will definitely um, get my impressions of the full game when it comes out. Um, and if the demo gets any sort of update, I'll also talk about that on the podcast. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. We have more good stuff coming out, you know, throughout the rest of the year. I can't stress enough how many, you know, people have reached out to me saying they listen to the podcast. So I just appreciate it. We're still growing. We're still learning. And as always, if you would love to be on a podcast, if you're a content creator, a fan, um, always just reach out to us. You can email us at inspiredgeeks616 at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter. We are inspiredgeeksva on Twitter. So, yeah, follow us. Hit us up. Uh, Willie and John will also be back. They're still around. Um, so, yeah. We're going to be setting up a Twitch channel, do some live gaming screams, all that fun stuff. So stick in there with us, guys. Uh, we definitely appreciate you, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Peace.